All right. Good evening, everyone. It already appeared. It's got to be a long night for you guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so children, you're dismissed to your classrooms. And let's jump straight into our business tonight. So let me start with a joke, okay, to lighten the mood. <laughs> All right, so do you guys remember Andres, Bong's cousin? Yeah. <laughs> That's right, it's Bong's cousin. So Andres died. And so he went to heaven because he's a Christian, you know. So he is at the Pearly Gate by St. Peter, who led him down the golden streets. And so Andres walked by the mansions after a beautiful estate until they came to the end of the road. And both of them there stood, stopped, and they stood right in front of a little shack, of a little hat. And then the man asked St. Peter, this is Andres asking St. Peter, why they stopped there, you know? And so he also asked why he got a simple hat when there were so many mansions where he would be more comfortable, that's what Andres said. You know what St. Peter's reply to him? St. Peter said, I did, I did the best with, so, with the money you sent us. So, <laughs> when you get to heaven, never mind, it's a joke, <laughs> okay? That's not, that's, not the, the, that's not how we measure your mansion in heaven, okay? All right. But truly, um, when it comes to giving, it's serious. It's a very sensitive yet important topic. So you probably know what we're going to talk about tonight, right? And personally, I don't like this too, but I was specifically asked by Pastor Joe, I don't know, I think this is hazing or like um, a test to talk about money. And ooh, I tell you, um, I got some four or five hours sleep last night. <laughs> so I'd like to say good evening to everyone and I'm here I'm back again right in front of you and it's always a privilege to 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 serve God through this and it's a humbling experience and I'm glad that I I'm of help to our pastor he's enjoying his time right now with his family watching the Sacramento Kings and the the rackets. So, anyways, the goal for tonight's topic is pretty much about giving, right? To see the importance of obeying God in that area. Um, you will be reminded once again. This is like once a year or twice. Not too bad, right? So, but the whole point for tonight's topic is to discuss and how to make giving a habit. Right? How to make it a habit. So let's pray and jump into what our business tonight. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you for who you are. We praise you for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. By your words, you have created 
the universe, Lord God. You have created us. And we humbly, humbly come before your throne, Lord God, asking for your forgiveness. Cleanse us, Lord. Make us worthy to be in front of you. Be in our midst tonight, Lord God. Speak to your people once again, Lord. Open the hearts and the mind of your people, Lord God. And pierce their heart, Lord. Pierce all of our hearts, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for we are free to gather and worship and praise you. Despite the craziness of this world. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. So let's, let's go through this quickly. So looking around the room, it's safe to say that most of us or 99 most probably 100% of us here are Christians, right? So, which means that you have a personal relationship with him. Amen? Do you? Say amen. amen. <laughs> okay, great. But Christianity, our Christian life does not stop there. It doesn't stop at knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There's more to it, right? So, I'm nervous. <laughs> Anyways, so the question, um, in our church, in this church, FICF, what is our mission? Come on, say it. To know Christ and make Him known. Amen? And that's our mission as a church, right? So, look, so that's what we, that's our goal, right? So the Bible tells us in Second Peter, Chapter 3, verse 18. It turned off, Janjan. Okay. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So which only means that it doesn't stop at knowing Him, right? So you grow in the knowledge and Savior of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the second part of our mission as a church is to become like Him, right? So if you, if you want to become like him, then we must continue to grow. Christ-likeness, that's the goal, is a process. So we can grow in good times and bad times with our experiences with him, as long as we have Christ. So the question is, have you grown in Christ-likeness? That's between you and the Lord. Now you're probably wondering, how does this relate to giving? So, if the goal is to become like Him, if the goal is to become like Him, if we are being transformed into His image, we will be giving as well. Amen? We have to obey Him. Yes, we have to give, for we have to be obedient to Him, not just on certain things we want to obey. Sometimes in life, we just pick and choose what we want to obey, right? So, um, Lord, I'm going to obey you in prayer, and I'm going to obey you that I will love my wife as you have loved the church, or I will be submissive to my husband. But when it comes to giving, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> so, but it is a command. It is a command. So, God has commanded us to obey, and that includes giving. So sometimes we are compelled to give to something we believe in, 
Right? Sometimes we give because we feel sorry for someone homeless. We did an outreach like on New Year's Day. It was great. We give, right? And that's great. Um, sometimes we give because we feel guilty. And I hope that's not the case for us. Sometimes we give because we have some leftovers. And that's really sad. Sometimes we just don't give at all. So whatever it is, giving, tithing is a struggle to a lot of us, right? It is. Personally, I, ha- I have a fair share of struggles in obeying God's command to give as well. I'm not here standing around and telling everyone, hey, I'm so good at that. No, I struggled in the past and I am still a work in progress. So with that being said, tonight we'll talk about developing a habit to give. Why? Because Craig Groeschel once said, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. So habit is about doing something consistently, right? Until it becomes a second nature to you. So to develop good habits, I borrowed this um, acronym from CCF, from Pastor Peter Tanchi. And this is what we're um, studying in our young adults, actually. But instead of giving, we are studying in young adults the, to develop the habit of prayer. So I came to a conclusion that we can also utilize these principles in developing the habit of giving. I believe that as we learn to develop this habit and truly put it into practice, it will greatly help us in obeying and honoring God through giving. So what is path? Four points for tonight. Path, I just added perspective. So path means perspective and priority. Admit, turn to Jesus, and then lastly, habitualize. Let me drink water. So first point, perspective and priority. So it all begins with right perspective. You want to change something, it begins with the right perspective. So, developing habits of either be prayer or giving or whatever it is you want to improve in your Christian walk or in life in general, it starts with the right perspective. For us as Christians, it has to start with the right perspective, the right view of who God is. Amen? Our view of God, may it right may it be right or wrong, will show in how we live our daily lives. So how you view your God, it will reflect on how you behave. So obedience becomes easier if you know the person giving the command, right? It is. Like, Pastor Pastor Joe gave me a command to, (laughs) to preach about giving. And I know him. I know that he's He knows what he's doing, so I obeyed. It becomes easier when you know the person giving the command. Do you know God? And I hope you do. And I hope that you are growing into knowing Him more every day. Because we cannot outlearn God. There's so much to learn about Him, right? So, um, do you agree that God's own everything? Amen? The Bible is very clear right there in Psalm 24, verse 1. 
The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So everything that you see, He owns it, including yourself. Amen? So that's not too hard to understand, right? It's pretty straightforward. There is nothing we can give that God does not already have, right? In fact, God owns us and everything we have. With this truth and perspective, it will be easier to give. It is unimaginable and indescribable that God, who owns all creation, the entire universe and beyond, is the same Almighty God who owns you. So we are a tiny speck in reference to His vast creation. Yet God thinks about us and cares for us. Isn't that amazing? You know, when I went to Iraq, and the, the, child, the, the child of the missionary there, his name was Sam, and he wrote a song because he was on the plane 30,000 feet above sea level, and they were right, to, right about to land in, in, in Erbil. So he wrote, he wrote a song that's entitled Tiny People because looking way up there, pretty much you... We're so small, right? But mind you, with the billions of people around the world, God thinks about you. Amen? So, here in Psalms 3, verse 4, Psalms 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 3 to 4, it reads, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. So this thought is mind-blowing, yet reassuring that our majestic God owns everything that takes care of us and all our needs. God is self-sufficient and self-sustaining. He has already, already given us everything. He owns whatever we have, and our giving is merely giving back what already belongs to Him. Amen? So... Everything you have, your finances, your relationship, your career, are His, right? Each of us must have this perspective of God. We must have the perspective that we are stewards, right? We're not owners. We are managers of, of what He owns, right? The moment we think that we are owners, that's when it becomes hard to give. That's when it becomes hard to give. So, and we have that tendencies. We really do. And the Bible is just so amazing. And it clearly warns you, right? That, you know, we have that tendencies to think that we're owners. Right? You know, I, hard, I work hard for this. I deserve to keep it, right? Keep my money. And you have no problem losing your money in the casinos. <laughs> so, we have that tendencies. To be, to be greedy to think that it is because of our own doing, right? That's why the Bible sternly warned us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10 to 18. Let's all read this together, right? So one, two, three, read. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe His commands, His laws, and His decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when you herd flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all 
have multiplied, then your heart will be proud, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hand have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors and it is today. Amen. So the truth is that God does not need our wealth, but He commands us to give because, because He knows us. He do. He numbered your hair. He knows us. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our tendencies. So by giving, through giving, we remember that God gives us the power and the strength to make wealth so that when we prosper, we will not become proud nor forget him who gave us everything, right? So we have to always remember. So through giving, we realize that he owns everything, right? The truth. Now let's move to priority. So why priority is important? So it's simply because giving, tithing is a command, right? It is a command. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Can't skip it. It's a command, when God commands, we are when God commands, we are expected to obey. Amen? So the Proverbs, Tito Orly read it earlier. In Proverbs three, verses nine to ten, it reads, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will bring over with a new wine. So knowing that it is a command. It's not just simply giving. It's also to give with your first fruit, right? So giving with your first and best fruit simply means putting Him as your priority. Amen? So it shows priority. To develop, so for us to develop the habit of giving, for us to develop that, we must have the right perspective, and prioritize giving, remembering that God, that it is God's command. Now, amen? So, now I want you to tell your neighbor, wake up. <laughs> yes, wake up. Have the right perspective and priority. Say it. <laughs> amen. So, <laughs> okay, it's, it's time to wake up. So, Henry Crowell, do you guys know Henry Crowell? He's the, the, he's the founder of the Quaker Oats Company, and he was a significant contributor to the work of Moody Bible Institute. Knew, um, he knew how to use his money wisely. As a young man, he received Christ as his Savior. When he began his business career in a little Ohio factory, he promised God that he would honor him in his giving. God's blessing was upon him, and as his business grew, his, in, his increase in giving grew as well. After more than 40 years, 
of giving 60, 60%, not just 10, 60% of his income to God. Crowell testified, I've never gotten ahead of God. He has always been ahead of me in giving. Isn't that amazing? So giving is a great privilege for us that God has provided for us to please Him. That's the whole purpose of it. Right? Life is all about pleasing God, and He is pleased when we give, when we acknowledge that everything that we have is from Him. But for us to develop the habit of giving, we must admit. We must admit that we are inadequate. Yes, we are inadequate. So the second point is that, and that's the truth, that we are inadequate. So the moment you acknowledge that you are, the, you are powerless on your own, it will liberate you. God knows your limitation. I cannot do what I feel I need to do based on my own power because my willpower is inadequate. And that's from Paul himself. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. <laughs> it took me a while to understand that. What, what you said? <laughs> right? But it, just simply saying that Paul himself struggled with his flesh too. Right? We are sinners saved by grace. We still wrestle with our own flesh. Right? We, are, we still wrestle every day, day in and day out. We are also inclined to do what is not right. You know that our thoughts, we have thousands or maybe millions of thoughts every day. 80% of that leans towards negativity. Isn't that crazy? So, um, God knows that we are not capable on our own. That's why God is quick to remind us in Deuteronomy once again that we have to be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, right? And also, he said in verse 13, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. So if you focus, just, you focus on, about, about um, successfully earning money, and just becoming, life is becoming just about money, then the tendency is that your heart will become proud, and you will forget about the Lord your God. So you, that's why it's a stern warning. Be careful. Right? Be careful. So to develop the habit of giving, we must admit that we are inadequate, which leads us to our third point. We must turn to Jesus. Yes, we must turn to Jesus. So why? So you see, our Christian life is not hard, they said. It's not hard. It is impossible. <laughs> It's not difficult. It is supernatural. So it is hard. <laughs> so after admitting our inadequacy, we must turn to God, turn to Jesus for help. That we, and that's what exactly what Paul said in Romans chapter 7, verse 24 to 25. What a wretched man I am who will rescue, who will rescue me from this body that is subject, subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So it's, it's all His work. Same way with our salvation. We have nothing to do with it. It's all God's work. Right? Paul did not say there, Thanks be to my 
self-discipline. <laughs> I'm good, Lord. Um, today's society, though, it promotes being conceited. Right? And we must be very careful not to, to be deceived by that idea. Society today will tell you, if you work hard enough, or if you love yourself, you will achieve it. Right? It's all about being selfish. Um, I don't care how you will achieve it. I don't care how many people you run into and hurt them. As long as you achieve your goal, that's all that matters. That's what society tells you today. It's all about um, self-love. Notice that the word here, wretched, you know what that means? Wretched, is, it means brokenness. It means carrying a huge burden. So Paul is saying that he cannot do it on his own for again. We like to do the opposite, right? To do the desire of our flesh. So if we have a choice, you know, if God said, um, you have a choice to give or not to give, I bet most of us will say, I would rather not give. <laughs> so it's the same way with our giving. We, we want to obey God in giving. Then we, if you want to obey God in giving, then you have to surrender to Him. You have to surrender to Him. So change, again, what we must do to develop the habit of giving. Change your perspective, because God owns everything, even your very own life. Admit that you are inadequate, then turn to Jesus. And lastly, we have to make it, we have to habitualize it, right? Habitualize. So habitualize means, it's an action word, the process of making something a habit. It means to put into practice. So according to the author of the Atomic Habits, James Clear, this is a book, by the way, that you all can read. It's a really good book in developing habits. So he said that your life today is essentially the sum, the sum of all your habits, right? So how, how in shape or out shape you are, he said, is a result of your habits. How happy or unhappy you are is a result of your habits. How successful or unsuccessful you are is a result of your habits. So, of course, there are two kinds of habits, the bad and the good ones, right? So what we must do, we must eradicate the bad ones and take advantage of the good ones. Amen? So to make it a habit to give to the Lord means that we must have self-discipline, right? And this is not just out, and this is not just about giving, but in other areas of our life, right? To have to build a we need to build a system and continue to practice that system, right? That's why the Bible is very clear when it comes to giving in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections needs to be made when I come. That's Paul saying. So when do you give? You don't wait until you almost run out <laughs> and you just give leftovers. You know, me and my wife learned that when we wait to give until we have taken care of all our bills and etc., it is much difficult to give. I'll be completely honest with you. It is difficult to give when you already paid all your bills. Right? We learned this the hard way. Right? So 
Let's welcome Julie to give a short testimony. There. Hello. Um, good evening, everyone. It is a privilege to share to you a testimony of God's faithfulness and how He met our needs as we obey Him in giving. This happened in 2019 around Christmas season, which is Vince and I's first Christmas party. So, I mean, a Christmas celebration here in the United States together. So, imagine the excitement. Vince and I usually made it a habit that once he received his paycheck, we would set aside 10% for tithing, then pay our bills, buy our needs, and save what is left. But this time, we made the big mistake of breaking that routine or breaking that habit. We got overwhelmed with Christmas shopping. <laughs> so we, we paid our bills, bought our needs and our wants, and we went overboard our budget for Christmas shopping. We just lived tithing at the back of our minds and eventually forgot about it. But God is gracious and gave me that inner voice reminding me that we need to give our tithe. I talked to Vince, and to my surprise, we felt the same. So we checked our balance, and it was just enough for tithes. And nothing was left for our New Year's Eve celebration. But, we, but with complete reliance on God, we gave it all and felt instant joy that we obeyed God in spite of. Few days later after that, our apartment manager called us, letting us know that we have a $1,000 Visa gift card, which they have promised us when we first move in, but totally forgot about it. So praise God, for indeed He is our provider, He knows our needs, and gives us abundantly. The situation we had might be nothing compared to what you guys had experienced or are experiencing. I don't know what you are going through financially, and some of you might be in a financial crisis more than what others are experiencing. But the point of tithing reminds us to rely on God to meet our needs, realizing that all comes from Him and molding our character of obedience and faithfulness in giving. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. These gifts were a reminder that everything belonged to God, and a portion was given back to God to thank Him for what we had received. Thank you, and to God be all the glory. Okay, well, thanks, babe. All right, where am I? Okay, hold on one sec. Okay, well, um, yeah, as I've said, we learned it the hard way. Well, praise God for the gift card. <laughs> praise God. All right, so when you obey, there's joy. <laughs> 
As, they, um, as Pastor Peter Tanchi said, motion before emotion. Right? Sometimes it's hard to give. Right? <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh my, this is all I have left, Lord. <laughs> but when you obey, your emotions will follow you. Motion before emotion. Right? So, we're in Galatians. Okay. Okay, sorry. So we have to take advantage of the system in place, right? So for us, if, you re- if we want to obey God in giving and, and honor Him in his, in the, on, with our first fruit, we really, you really don't have to wait on Sunday. That's why we have online giving. That's a system already in place, right? So for me, I'd struggled with giving because I keep waiting on a Sunday because my cue was, Oh, once someone's praying for the tithes and offering, that's my cue to give. <laughs> but if your cue is your earnings, then the next action you will have is to give, right? And that way you honor God with your first fruit, right? So in, in 1 Corinthians 9.27, it reads, But I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So if you want to develop the habit of giving, then you must discipline yourself. Right? So, and another thing is that in Philippians 4.9, it reads, As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So, to develop a habit, you must practice it. You must keep repeating it, right? Because if you don't, then it's not going to stick with you, right? So it says practice, which means you have to keep doing it over and over again. Will that be amazing? Will it be amazing if all of us will have the habits of giving, right? It will be amazing, right? So it will be amazing if we will, it will become a second nature to us. I tell you, we'll be able to have our own building by October. <laughs> Amen? So, do you all remember the movie Like Mike? I was in grade school, school when it came out. Like Mike is the story of a, a, an orphan kid that wanted to be like, like Mike, and he had a basketball shoes, a magical basketball shoes, right? And, and because of that, because of that, he became so good with basketball. And, and because of that, um, he became an NBA star, and he was only 14 years old. But anyways, the moral of that story is that all of us here, most of us, wants to have the like Mike shoes, right? We don't want to go through the process, and we just want instant, instant that I'll be good at it, right? So, um, it's like in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So to develop a habit, you can't lose your heart. You, can't, you, you, you have to um, stand still and hold your ground, right? Uh, because 
the problem is that we easily give up, right? All of us have New Year resolutions. I'll be fit this year. And then you just failed to do it once, you gave up, right? It's like exercising or becoming a better basketball player, right? We easily just say, I just don't have it. The problem is we all want to be like good without going through the process, right? So sometimes we want, just because we don't see immediate results, we wrongly conclude that these decisions to develop a good habit don't matter. You are completely wrong. You are completely wrong. Why? Because of the principle of compounding effect. The small choices that we make today can lead to the successes and failure you experience tomorrow. Right? In other words, the decision you, we make today is very important. Anything you do today will have a compounding effect. So example, if you continue to exercise because you want to lose weight, and you exercise 30 minutes each day consistently, you will not see the results overnight, right? It, it's, you're not like me that I just lift 10 reps of bicep exercise and I feel like it's all used already. No. <laughs> so you will not see the results overnight. And, uh, but surely, if you will do it consistently, over time, you will lose weight, Right? So, because you will break through the barrier and start seeing changes. It's like a block of ice, right? It's winter. There's ice in your patio, and it's 28 degrees outside. Nothing will happen. It will remain a block of ice if it stays that temperature. But as it warms up, it hits 29, 30, 31 degrees, nothing happened. You don't see any changes. Then the temperature hits 32. That's where the magic occurs right? You start to see changes. The ice starts melting. It's the same way with our habits. If you want to develop it, you have to be consistent. And eventually, you will see results. And you know it's also true with our bad habits, right? Making bad decisions with our health, you don't see the consequences of eating junk today. But I tell you, in the, you don't see bad results in the moment, like eating ice cream every day, oh, so good. You don't see it every day, but eventually you'll develop lifestyle sickness, such as diabetes, hypertension, heart attack, or etc. right? Darren Hardy said, each choice starts a behavior that over time becomes a habit. So, how do we develop the habit of giving and any other good habits of our spiritual life? Let's recap. Starts with the right perspective and priority. Admit. Admit that you are inadequate to develop that habit. So you must turn to Jesus, who will see you through. He knows that we are not capable of on our own. And lastly, habitualize it. Keep repeating it until it becomes a habit. So until it becomes a second nature to you. Right. Let's close with Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And it reads, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your, fa will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? 
So, have you ever wondered why the Holy Spirit was inserted in this verse? Because the Holy Spirit is the answer to all our needs. He is. Right? We keep looking up, but actually God has given us the means, and that is through the Holy Spirit that is in us. Right? So when we feel, when we feel discouraged, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. If you are tempted, the Holy Spirit is your strength. The Holy Spirit is the one that will enable you. So, how do you do? How do you develop the habits of giving? Completely rely on the Holy Spirit, right? For it is God who is at work in you, and to both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Amen. All right. Let's close in prayer. Father God in heaven, Jesus, we praise you and we thank you, Lord God, once again. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for reminding us tonight, Lord, that you own everything, including our very own life. And any moment, you can just take it back, Lord God. So help us, Lord God, to realize that, that we are just a speck, Lord God. And, but you care for us, Lord. You even numbered our hair, Lord God. Lord, help us to obey you in all areas of our life, Lord God. Help us to obey you in giving, in prayer, in doing good works to others. Help us to obey you in spreading the gospel. Lord Jesus, without you, we are not capable of any change, Lord God. We're not capable of developing good habits. But when we turn to you, Jesus, you will help us. You will enable us through the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, the same way with our salvation, we have nothing to do with it. But it's all because of your grace. And Lord, we just praise you for who you are. We praise you for you are a good king. We praise you for you're a good God. Lord Jesus, if there's anyone here tonight that has not made that decision to accept you as his or her Lord and Savior, let this be the night, Lord God. Let this be the night. And Lord, if we haven't been obedient to you when it comes to our giving, help us to obey you from this day forward, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and in your mighty name we pray. Amen.